Sarasute Namaha Sri Sadurubhyo Namaha Samastha Janakalyane Niratam Karunamayam Namami Chinnayam Devam Sakurum Brahmavitvaram Consciousness has to become Pramaya. 
which is an object. So consciousness being pramata, the seer, the subject, it can never become an object. So, and even the pramata status is also incidental. The idea is he, in its own absolute sense, consciousness is not even pramata. Pramata means seer, experiencer. Why? Because to get a status of a seer, experiencer, what is necessary? You need an object. <laughs> With reference to prameya, he is pramata. <laughs> so, how you get a status of a father? You get a status of a father only when there is a son. If son is not there, you are not a father. <laughs> so the son says, if I am not there, who will call you father? So I am important, if you say. Nothing wrong in that. So here also, Prameya is an object and without Prameya's presence, Pramata status is not valid. <laughs> Therefore, even Pramata status is also Aupacharikam. It is, for want of expression, we say, it is the subject. Even that term also not correct. So from his own standpoint, Pramata, Prameya, Pramana, difference also not valid. The essence of Pramata, the essence of Pramata, only when he is with reference to an object, we can say he is Pramata. On his own self, we cannot say he is Pramata. He is pure consciousness. Now this is what we have seen. So the sixth mantra, continuing that thought, Chachusha Napashyati, Yena Chachukamshi, Pashyati, Tadeva Pramattvam Vidhi, Nedam Yatitam Upasate. So this is the sixth mantra in chapter one. I don't know your page number. The new book. I wrote it over. Chakshusha through the eyes na pasyati not seen yena pachachushumshi pasyati so eyes cannot objectify consciousness as an object eyes can objectify object Outside the eyes. So, outside means outside other than you. This world it can objectify. But when it comes to consciousness, the pramata, eyes are incapable of objectifying. Because the very seer is, very seer is searching. <laughs> See, that's the point. <laughs> the eyes want to know Paramatma. Consciousness, the eyes want to see. Now, who want to see? It's not the eyes. It is consciousness working through the eyes want to know consciousness. <laughs> this is the irony here. <laughs> so, eyes will never be able to objectify consciousness. Our Gurudev used to give a beautiful example. In a dark night a person is traveling in a, a deserted place 
And he has this flashlight in his hand. And he is using that flashlight to illumine his path. Suddenly a thought came to him, from where does this light come? <laughs> now immediately he opened the flashlight. And uh, try to find out from where the light comes. Will he ever be able to find out? <laughs> no. Put together, the light is there. But when you remove it, try to find the light, it's gone. You will not be able to find it. In the same way, the very power behind the eyes to see things is consciousness. So, yena chachurkham shi pasyati. By that, by which the eyes are capable of seeing. Tadeva Brahma tum vidhi. That alone is Brahman. So, as I said, the status of pramata, prameya, pramana is again depend upon Pramaya object. <coughs> if object is not there, Pramata status is not there. So what is his real nature? The essence of Pramata. That essence of Pramata is essence of seer, is consciousness. That consciousness is Brahman. And that Brahman is you. That is your real nature. Tum vidhi. That alone is Brahman. That Brahman is you. Nedam yatitam upasate. Not the one that you are worshipping. What you are worshipping is a form. And that form come under prameya. Object of perception. Whether it is Rama as an avatar purusha or it is Sri Krishna as an avatar purusha, all of them coming under as Prameya, not Pramata. So, but we are not saying this, he is not criticizing, okay? It is necessary worship of a form, it is necessary for you to gather your mind. And once that mind becomes the concentrated, purified through the worship, the purified mind is to be directed towards the inquiry of the souls. And the souls of the mind, the source because of which mind itself function, that inquiry is to be conducted. As a result of that inquiry, we understand that the source is this consciousness, Paramatma, and that is my real nature. This understanding alone will give you moksha, freedom, complete freedom. Any other method will not release you. <coughs> so, the Tadeva Brahmatum Vidhi Nedam Yadidam Upasate is the Mahavakya. <laughs> yeah. That you know, that is Brahma, that is you, but not what you are worshipping. <laughs> so the so don't don't take that as a criticism of worship here. Worship is the preliminary state, but you have to grow. <laughs> That growth is what is shown. Ultimately, where you should go, that is forgotten. We get stuck with means. So we get, all our religious people get with what? Our means. But why these means are given? To go somewhere. To reach somewhere. To attain the highest goal. That goal is looked <laughs> as though 
who not exist. <laughs> that is a sad part here. Yeah. So, but the Upanishad vision, Rishi's vision is you are that Brahman. You are not what you are worshipping. Continuing, the seventh mantra is the same uh, idea. Yet srotre na nasranoti. Yet srotre na nasranoti. Yet srotra midam sutam. Yet srotra midam sutam. Tadeva brahmatum vidhi. Tadeva brahmatum vidhi. Netam yatitam upasate. Netam yatitam upasate. Same idea that chak, yeah, earlier it was Chakshu, here it is Rotra. Means hearing. So hearing, so Atma cannot be heard, consciousness cannot be heard. So one, we cannot see it. To see there must be a form or an object. Unless there is a form, and a shape we will not be able to objectify with our eyes. Now next one is sound. Sound also, Atma has no sound, but at the same time, without him, no sound is possible. <laughs> How do you know this? The very fact that I am speaking to you and you are listening. <laughs> Isn't it? Now when you are listening, you are aware of my words, the words that is coming out of my mouth, and you are listening through your ears, and this awareness, whether you accept my thought or not, doesn't matter, but that very fact that you are hearing, that ability to hear is the presence of consciousness. If the touch of life is not present in us, this very hearing is not possible. So that yena chachu himji, not chachu, yena srotram idam sudam, by which this ears are able to hear. So a dead body, the ears are there, the eardrum is there, everything is there. But you go and whisper in the ears. <laughs> Dad, this is your, what you call, dearest son, where did you keep the Swiss bank account <laughs> number, <laughs> if you ask? That body won't say anything, because he cannot hear. The hearing ability is no more there. <laughs> Therefore, yena srotramidam sutam, by which the srotra, the ears are functional. Tadeva Brahma Tum Vidhi understand that you are continuously experiencing this Brahman in the form of awareness, consciousness. That Brahman is your nature. This is something that is with you. 24 hours, 365 days, throughout your life, with you. <coughs> Everything else is away from you. The one that is with you continuously, which you have forgotten, even neglected, but at the same time, the Lord in His compassion has not left you. He is still with you continuously blessing you to experience the world of hearing, seeing, tasting, touching, smelling in all this form. <coughs> so this is to be appreciated. Tadeva Brahmattam Vitti Nedam Yadidam So this is in our Shastra. They, it is said, it's called Lallabhi. You know, Lallabhi is what? Father tried to make the child sleep <coughs> and the father put the child in the bed and then sit there for some time, tell a story and all that. 
Then the child closed his eyes and he think that he slept. The moment he wake, get up and come, Dad, the child called back again. <laughs> then the mother goes, put the child on her lap. Then she sings a song. What is that? <laughs> and it is such a boring song. By sheer listening to such a boring tune, the child decides to go to sleep. <laughs> no point listening. It's the same tune. <laughs> so this is the idea of the teacher also. Same idea is repeated again and again. So thinking that, you will get it. <laughs> so that is the hope of the teacher. <laughs> Let us see. Yat pranena na praniti Yena prana praniyate Yena prana praniyate Tadeva brahmatvam vidhi Tadeva brahmatvam vidhi Netam yaditam upasate Netam yaditam upasate Yet pranena na praniti that which pranena, by the way, by na praniti. So that which one breathes not with his breath. So you cannot breathe the smell of Bhagavan. So what is the smell of Bhagavan? In Bhagavatam and all that, there is a description when Bhagavan Krishna comes, there is a beautiful fragrance comes and he has a beautiful halo of light around him. He is the most resplendent person. A certain description is there. But when it comes to Brahman, his ultimate state of existence, there, prana, you cannot smell. In order to smell what is necessary, there must be fragrance. That fragrance has got property. <laughs> that property alone, the the grandendria, <laughs> that the the our nostrils will be able to objectify. Lord, being free from all object, mean properties, you cannot smell. <laughs> so smelling also not possible. Yena prana praniyate. So by which pranaha, by which breath is breathed. So the first breath, that's why the question also the student asked, Yena pranaha prathama priyati yuktaha. The first breath, you see. That's very important. The child is born. Ah, suddenly it doesn't breathe. What happens? The doctor or the nurse, yeah, he tried to put the child upside down and give one or two beating. <coughs> and see the child in the shock breathe, isn't it? And they do all kinds of treatment to make the child breathe. And once that breath takes place, means life is there. So, what is that? <laughs> Who decided that first breath? That is also very important. Whatever that they do, nothing works. Then they declare the child is still born, isn't it? So, what is that prompting? That first breath should come. That is Paramatma. If he, that Lord, doesn't want to be present in that form, <laughs> he won't be there. So, what is that power that makes you breathe? That is... Paramatma, Supreme Lord, conscious, in the form of consciousness, in a very living being, Tadeva Brahmatvam Vidhi. In all living being, the presence of consciousness is there, even in a small little ant. It has got a mouth, it has got nostrils, it has got eyes, it has got a teeth and tongue. A stomach. <laughs> Have you seen the ants? You look at the everything is there. 
and it has got fear also, protection, preservation of this life. So that life is so dear to the hand. You put a finger there, it goes back. <laughs> so, and it has got, must be its own language. Because whenever there is one hand, they see some food there available, it must, then suddenly you see so many hands coming there. What communication power, what type of communication they have, you have no idea. So, this AT&T and all, they should do some research on that, what type of communication is there, <laughs> this, uh, what wavelength <laughs> they use, electronic or whatever. So, it is very interesting study. But you see, all of them, <coughs> what the Paramatma is there, the Lord is there, the presence. So, that Lord is Brahma. That Brahman is you. Netam yatidam upasate. Not what you are worshipping. Shift your mind, lift your mind from the object of worship to the essence of worship. This idea. So here, negation of all type of vision in meditation upon truth is removed here. So generally, most of the people think that when I sit in meditation, Brahman will appear. And there are books written also on that. Uh, some Mahatma has written about his experience. Brahma Nupruti has written. What is that? Early morning, 4, 4.27 a.m., when I was sitting, the window sitting. <laughs> and suddenly I disappeared. I closed my eyes. I had no body consciousness. Then from nowhere, a beam of light came and enveloped me. And then it went to my guru picture and enveloped that picture and disappeared. And that anubhuti, that experience is Brahma Anubhuti. <laughs> now here, according to Vedanta, here, Upanishad, any experience. We are not telling he did not have that experience, okay? Maybe. We are not denying that. Even if you have that experience, experience being pramaya, an object, it cannot be the subject. <laughs> so the one who has observed or seen or experienced that particular phenomena, that is paramatma, <laughs> not what is experienced. <laughs> This is what the point here. So people say, I heard, I had an anahat sound, I heard some sound in the meditation seat, then I saw some light in the meditation seat, I heard some sound, I smelled some beautiful fragrance, I tasted honey, nectar in my mouth. These are all the expression people make, all of them are denied here, negated. The teacher says, none of them are Brahman. That is not Brahmaha, the experiencer, the Pramata is Brahmatma. And thus we completed the first chapter now we come to the second chapter. Second chapter is, the teacher is giving an exam to the student. <laughs> it is a test to the student. Whether first is a teaching, first chapter is a teaching. The teaching is over. Now the manda madhyama, the adhikaris, and Athamadhikaris, three types of Adhikaris are there. So, the first type of student, the first chapter. Now you will see the second Madhyamadhikaris, there is a teaching coming later. 
then afterwards also some students are sitting so first time first chapter is over the teacher asks a question to the student you have understood and if you think you have understood you are understood very little <laughs> this way then the student also get up and say not that i have understood but i cannot say i have not understood like this he gives answer also in the riddle and people who have understood this conversation they walk out still somebody is sitting there so the teacher comes with a story <laughs> then afterwards after the story also another group somebody got up and went then there is still some people are sitting there students are sitting there so the teacher so not only that the student asked oh lord the teacher upanishadam bruhi teach me upanishad eh? what i was teaching <laughs> so but teacher never get upset he again comes down to their level gave them some upasana meditation techniques and that is how it ends here so for every student there is a there teaching here now the second chapter the teacher is testing the student here yeti manyase suvedeti yeti manyase suvedeti dapramevati nunam dapramevati nunam tum vetha tum vetha brahmano roopam ಮೀಮಾಂಸ್ಯ question of the teacher so the fourth line is the answer of the student yati if manyase you think suvedeti suvedha i know very well vedha means no suvedha means very well no if you think that you know this truth very well iti iti manyase suvedya suveda iti thus then the brahmeva vinu the brahm eva means you know very little the brahm means little the brahmevadinona if you think that you know this truth very well you know very little means what you don't know <laughs> that's the idea certainly nona means certainly tum vetha your understanding is very little brahmano roopam the roopam here is form means the nature of truth the nature of truth is known to you very little if you think that you have understood now here what is the point if you understanding is what with the intellect you think that you have understood brahman as an object when i say i know what do you think i know means there is an object for that knowledge what is that in english transitive verb is that yeah so i've forgotten now grammar english grammar so transitive verb you use then there must be an object for that verb when you say i know what brahman so brahman became an object isn't it so i know the moment you say i know what is that i know brahman the so brahman became an object 
that once Brahman becomes an object, it can never be Brahman. <laughs> One Brahman, if it is an object, then what happens? Object has got so many kind of problems. That which is seen with your eyes or ear or tear or eyes or tongue, etc. If you objectify, it is subject to destruction in time. So Brahman cannot be an object because Brahman is infinite. It cannot be finite. So therefore, if you say, I know, this is the idea here. A student the nature of Brahman you have not understood. If you get up and say, suppose I ask you, do you know Brahman? Yes, sir, I know. <laughs> then you know little. Yadasya deveshu adanu Therefore, if you say, I know well, it is certainly no very little you have known. Not that Devaha means the Dyotanatpikam Deva, Brahman is effulgent, self-shining, because self-luminous means for its own existence. It doesn't need any other light or the, what you call, consciousness. See, to see everything in this world, we need the presence of consciousness. Now, consciousness itself is depending upon any other light. No, it is self-shining, like Surya Bhagavan. It is self-shining. It doesn't need any other light to illumine the sun in the same way. Here, Yadasya Deveshu Athanu Mimamsyam. That Deva, that Brahman, you have to analyze again. Mimamsa. Mimamsa means analysis. So in our Shastra, everything is analyzed properly. So there are method of analysis also there. One is the Upakrama Upasamhara. So our Shastra, what is, when you call it as a Shastra, there are six lakshanas are there. Six aspects are there to call it as Shastra. One is Upakrama Upasamhara, must be consistent. Upakrama means beginning and end, has to be consistent. See, Bhagavad Gita is a Shastra because Bhagavad Gita starts with what? Ashutyananya Shochastam Pratyavadam Chabashase Gatasuna Gatasucha Anshochanti Pandita. So, you are grieving for which there is no need to be grieved. Then Bhagavan concludes the teaching. In 18th chapter, Sarva Dharman Parityatya Mamekam Sharanam Raja Aham Tva Sarva Papebhya Vokshayishyami Ma Shuchaha Do not grieve. So he started the teaching word, do not grieve, and also do not grieve. So there is a consistency. It's called Shastra has to be such that what you speak first and what you conclude there must be a connection, a proper connection. Otherwise, we cannot call it as Shastra. Then Abhyasa must be there, exercise. So, the, there are certain the thoughts are repeated. Repeated again and again, especially in the Tattvasi Mahavakya in the Chandokya Upanishad, nine times repeated. <laughs> So repetition will be there. So in Shastra, repetition is not considered a defect. Then Arthavadaha. Then was something that is unique. Arthavadaha means the exaggeration. Exaggeration, because sometimes you have to exaggerate the idea. 
to make the student appreciate. So it will magnify Artha is there. Then Palam. Then Palam is what is the result of they gaining this knowledge. It's to be highlighted. So how many I told? Six, right? Five. Then one more. What is that? The logic. Logically it is to be proved. So these are the six lakshana. There is a sloka also there. I will tell you later. So this six lakshana should be there. Only then it can be considered a shastra. Now this is how our rishis have analyzed every shastra. This is called mimamsa. So a student, <coughs> you think that you have understood Brahman. Your understanding is very little. Therefore, you go back again and analyze. <laughs> Do inquiry and come back. This is the the question. At the same time, <laughs> instruction. If you think you have understood, you understand very little. <coughs> now, the student says, Te manne vititam. O sir, I know. First he answers, I know. Isn't it? <laughs> when you taste that food, it becomes known. 
So in time the unknown become known to you. So unknown also coming under known category only. Only certain time it is unknown, afterwards it will be known. If you say, I don't know what is that heaven, so after that you go, you will come to know what is heaven. So there is a time and place where things will be known to you. So Brahman is not coming under either known or unknown. So here the student answers, Naham manne suvedehi. I do not think that I know Brahman. Again the teacher looks at him. Then he says now, Nona vedeti vedacha. Not that I don't know. <laughs> so, see the riddle here. I cannot say I know as an object. I cannot say I don't know. So what is it? I know. Oh teacher, you have taught me well. What you taught, I have got. That's the idea. So, I cannot say, I don't know why it is, it is me. Can I say, I don't know? It is something like Gurudev, when he was traveling in a train. A person came and talked to him for a long time. So, afterwards he said, Swamiji, I want to meet. Whom? Swami Chinnayananda. Do you know him? Now to whom he is talking? Swami Chinnayananda. Now, when somebody says, I want to meet that Swami, I heard he is doing a good work, he is a good speaker. I have been thinking of meeting him. He is talking to Swami. And then he says, do you know him? What will he say? I know him, I know not. Not that I don't know him. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because it is Swamiji. He himself is. So you cannot say, I don't know him. You cannot tell him that I know him as an object, a person. It is him himself. So here also, Brahman is not that. I can say, I know Brahman as an object. I cannot say, I don't know Brahman. But it is me. I myself is that Brahman. Therefore, it is neither known nor known. It is my own Surupa. So this is the answer. Nona Vedeti Vedacha. No, yo nastat veda tatveda. Now the student, after answering, he must have looked around in the class. Some people appreciated the answer. Some people were thinking, what is going on? <laughs> what is he talking about? So he says, Yaha nastat veda tatveda. Who amongst us knows this? Knower and unknown. Known and unknown Brahman. The one who knows. So, the person, the student who are listening is addressing them, saying that whoever amongst us knows exactly that Brahman which is beyond known and unknown, he knows. Known Vedacha. So who amongst us understand it both as the not known, as the known, he knows. saying that the student must have got up. 
and walked off because the job is done. <laughs> he has understood what is Brahman, which is his own real nature. <coughs> now that's why our uh, Shankaracharya in his commentary write, Jagarja, so Vidyarthi student roared like lion because in confidence of his knowledge that he knows Brahman, not as an object, not that it is something that is unknown beyond his, the capability of knowledge. Here he says, it is so intimate, it is my own self. Therefore, I cannot put that into category of known or unknown. Why it is myself. This understanding student had, therefore he was confident. Now student must have got up and gone. Now Shruti is coming and commenting. <laughs> Yasya matam tasya matam Yasya matam tasya matam Matam yasya na veda saha Matam yasya na veda saha Avitnyatam vijanatam Avitnyatam vijanatam Vitnyatam vijanatam Vitnyatam Yesya, he to whom amatam. <coughs> that person to whom amatam means not known. To that person to whom the truth is not known. Amatam. Yesya matam tasya matam. Tasya matam to him it is known. See the <laughs> contradictory language. The person to whom it is not known, to that person it is known. Matam yasyana vedasaha. Avitnya again, so this is explaining further. Avitnyatam vijanata. Avitnyatam means ignorant. Means not totally ignorant person. Those people started inquiry, but still they got stuck in some idea. Deham pranamatyantriyani vitalambuttim chasunyam so different, different schools are there. Deha is Atma, is called materialistic people. Prana is Atma. Deham prana indriya nipichalam uttim chasunyam vidhu. So, in Vichnamutta Stotram, Ravan Shankaracharya enumerates all these schools of thought, different, different schools of thought. So people, at the same time, they have not understood the nature of truth. They are called ignorant people. Avitnyatam vijanatam. Vitnyatam avijanatam. So, vitnyatam people here is what? Those people who make inquiry and they have not come to the right conclusion is called vitnyatam people. Atnyani is the one word. Here it is a contradictory, totally contradictory. It is the unknown to the master of true knowledge. But to the ignorant it is known. Avitnyadam vijanadam. The one who says, I don't know, he knows. The one who says, I know, he doesn't know. Simple words. <laughs> so, the one who says, I don't know, and Brahman, I don't know as an object. He knows. The one who says, I know, means what? He knows Brahman as an object. He doesn't know. 
that's the point. We have to understand from this. So, <clears throat> one who goes about identifying with body, mind, intellect, etc., wrong understanding, they don't know. So, ignorant man knows Brahman, wise man doesn't know. So, the point here is, ignorant man here means the person, one who is not holding on to any petty ideas. See, that's why Buddha kept quiet when he was asked about truth. So silence, so that the student interpreted his silence as shunya, absence of everything, shunya vada, that's how it is called. If he has said something, then they would have misunderstood also. <laughs> so he didn't want to say anything. So why? Because if you say something, people may misunderstand. So he did not say it. In order to say, introduce truth, what is necessary, you have to seek the help of Shastra. Because Upanishad alone is capable of using the words at the same time, pointing towards the truth. So the proper usage of words, proper way of using the words is available only in our Sampradaya tradition. If you do not want to use that Sampradaya, then naturally Buddha has to keep quiet. <laughs> he doesn't have words to explain. That doesn't mean he didn't know. He knows. But he did not want to confuse the student. So he kept quiet. So, one who understands truth is inexplicable, not having any concluded opinion, he will be able to know. So ignorant person is the one who has no particular fixation in his mind. This is the truth. Whereas a person of knowledge, what happens? He already concluded, decided, he take a stand and say that this is the truth. <laughs> Such people do not know. People who are highly educated in our Shastra, not materials and Shastra itself, they have already decided what is the truth. And to such people it is very difficult to teach because the teacher has to remove all his misconceptions. <laughs> Takes a long time. And if he is willing to shed those, if he is not willing to, then he will never know. Whereas a person who is ignorant, come, mind is free, come with an empty mind, easy to give them the knowledge. <laughs> so ignorant person no means what? He has no fixed ideas. <laughs> Open mind. It is for him easy to appreciate. And a person who has knowledge, his brain is filled with so many ideas and ideologies. To such people, it is very difficult to teach. That's the idea here. Then afterwards, the teacher is the fourth mantra. It is one of the most important mantra in the whole Upanishad tradition. So, it's time. We shall see that in our next class. Okay. Go home, read the commentary, and you will get clarification, more and more clarification. Reflect upon this. The fourth mantra is one of the most beautiful. The Shruti is taking up, explaining, again, throwing some light upon the nature of truth. Mm. Om Purnamada Purnamada